0: Well, when uh, Pat arrived at Arizona State as a freshman in 1994, he landed the school's last remaining football scholarship. And initially, that translated into a spot on the end of the bench, which is where one sports writer put it, dreams go to expire. Uh, But by the time Pat graduated summa cum laude from Arizona State, he was no longer a bench sitter. He was named the Pac-10 Conference's Defensive Player of the Year, and chosen by the Arizona Cardinals in the 1998 NFL draft. And even though he was the 226th pick out of 241 to be drafted, he pressed on with confidence. And 5 months later, despite his undersized 5 foot 11, 200 pound frame, which is like almost my size so I could basically play in the NFL, and some of you are like, "I know already." And but he was Arizona's starting strong safety. And in his third season, Pat set a franchise record with 224 tackles. In fact, he was doing so well that in 2001, the then then Super Bowl champion St. Louis Rams, they offered him a $9 million five-year contract. And he said no, because he wanted to be loyal to the team that drafted him. He was that kind of guy. As a matter of fact, he would never do autograph sessions where fans had to pay because, and this is a quote, he would say, tell the promoter to pound sand I'm not having any kids spend money for my autograph. Well, after the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, the 25-year-old superstar, he started to evaluate his priorities. And in the spring of 2002, after returning from his honeymoon, Pat Pat announced his decision to leave the team after four seasons, even though that meant he would say no to a three-year, $3.6 million contract. Pat felt called to lay aside his privileged life, privileged life to defend the country that had enabled it. And so Pat and his brother enlisted in the U.S. Army as rangers and following basic training were deployed in the Persian Gulf. He was a millionaire and now he made $18,000 a year. Well, Pat was sent to Afghanistan to fight in the war on terror. Operation Freedom was what he was a part of. On April 22, 2004, Pat was killed. Reports said initially that he was killed while charging at the enemy up a hill after being fired upon in a mortar attack, and it allowed the rest of his platoon to escape alive. He was awarded the Silver Star for combat valor and a Purple Heart. Uh, Arizona Senator John McCain uh, gave the medals to his family in a special ceremony, Uh, but within weeks of his death, other reports began to surface, and they revealed that Pat was actually killed by friendly fire, not enemy fire. You see, Pat was with some uh, Afghan allies, and and, and there was a mortar, they they thought it was a mortar, but it was really a mine that went off, and so another group of rangers, they heard it, they looked up, they saw Afghans, didn't know they were allies, and they opened fire, and Pat was killed. Uh, uh, After the smoke cleared, they realized that Pat Tillman was killed uh, along with an Afghan fighter, and three other American soldiers were wounded. And, And maybe you've heard of Pat Tillman, maybe you have not, but now that you've heard his story, most would agree that he deserves to be honored for his sacrifices. You see, I don't know where Pat was at with Jesus, but, but when I look at his life, I say, man, that just deserves honor. He deserves to be esteemed. And, and since 9-11, maybe you've noticed this, there's this increased respect for military. Right? I, I hope if you're in the military, you've experienced that, but, but I've seen many times in public and done it myself, people, thank you for your service, thank you for your service. Back in the day, but pre-9-11, sporting events, uh, I'd beat a lot of them, and, and, and they'd, they'd mention the military, and people would just, you know, this kind of whatever. Now I see people, they put their phone down, they put their drink down, and people clap as they should. They give them Honor. It's a word we don't hear uh, too often. As a matter of fact, as we look at today's world and and look at, I don't know, let's say our government, right? We we don't don't look at people on both sides of the party and both sides of the aisle and say, oh man, those are people of honor. It's not a word we use. What does it mean? It means to show high respect or to esteem. It means to regard with warm approval. And today, of course, being Mother's Day is the day when perhaps the most underappreciated group in Western society is honored. And I'm talking about mothers. I mean, really, who's taken for granted more than moms? And moms should be honored. Oh, guys, you missed it. That was a softball right there. You know, I'm saying, like, you're sitting next to a mom, a lot of you. Like, okay, we're going to try that again. Moms should be honored. Yeah, there we go. I mean, that'll do. That was, you could have just said amen. But uh, so, so, so this week, I was in the church office. It's something I tend to do once in a while. And uh, there was a group of moms that were standing there talking. And they were talking about the challenges of motherhood, as only moms can. And they were talking about running from here to here and, and, and making sure the kids have everything they need and, and, and taking care of needs that, uh, that, that come up every single moment. Well, one of them commented that, oh, it changes as you get older, but some of you have adult children. And you're like, no, it doesn't. They're just as needy as adults. I mean, none of you, of course. But, but Mother's Day, it was started in the 20th century by a woman named Anna Jarvis. And she wanted to honor her mother after her death. And when Anna was 12, her mother was teaching a lesson on mothers in the Bible. And this was the prayer she concluded with. It'll be up on the screen. Her mother prayed, I hope that someone sometime will found a Memorial Mother's Day commemorating her, her being all mothers. Okay, that's what she's speaking of. Commemorating her for the matchless service she renders to humanity in every field of life. She is entitled to it. See, Anna's desire was for there to be a day when mothers receive the honor they they deserve for, for giving birth and life and care to their children. She wanted to bestow honor and dignity to mothers no matter what their role was, recognizing how often they do not receive the gratitude they deserve. And there's that word again, honor, to show high respect or to esteem, to regard with warm approval. So if you have a Bible, turn to Ephesians 6, Uh, Get uh, Ephesians 6, you want to get a copy of God's word in front of you if you have it on your phone, that works, right? We said this before, I'm not going to entertain you with a lot of clever stories but I'm going to teach you what God's word says and often in the New Testament they quote things from the Old Testament and and that's what's happening here the New Testament is Matthew to Revelation the Old Testament is Genesis to Malachi And, and, and the reason that you'll see things from the Old Testament and the New is just to show the continuity of God's word and to affirm the things that are in there The book of Ephesians was written by Apostle Paul to a church at a place called Ephesus. It's modern-day Turkey. Ephesians chapter 6, let's start with verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, some of you are like, oh, I wish my kid was in here. And if you just elbowed your kid, you should apologize. (laughs) Verse 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you. And that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And there's that word again, right? Honor. The, the Hebrew word translated honor in the Old Testament literally means a heavy weight or to lay it on them. Right? We, we, use that term, we, we use that term, lay it on them, in an insincere way. Like, oh man, he is laying it on thick today, right? right? But that's not what it means here in the Bible. What it means is it's, it relates to God's command. It's a sincere locating of the things our parents have done right. We'll get more to that in a bit and publicly honoring them for those things. It's consistent, respectful uh, treatment. It's laying the respect or honor, literally, like I'm laying the respect and honor on my parents. How's that going for you? Because this morning, I have two things about honor from these verses. And, well, I'm feeling a little encouraged, like I need a little encouragement. I'm looking out, and I think some of you are already thinking about your lunch plans. Some of you are, like, freaking out because you just realized it was Mother's Day about 10 minutes ago. Right? <laughs> right? right? So I need a little encouragement. I need you to do this, all right? All right, so if you're with me, I need you to say, let's go. Let's go. All right, that was, that was decent. I'll take that. Two things about honor. The first is this, teach children to honor their parents. Now, I've worded that so it doesn't just say your children because if you are able to influence others' children, other children, we want to always be influencing them with the things of God's word, and this starts when kids are young. My role at Eagle is to lead the next generation ministries, which is infant through college. And so I have a lot invested in this. And so we need to be teaching kids to honor their parents. And if there are kids, it should be a part of our training and instruction to them from the start. However, the word in Ephesians 6, children, does not mean young children. You know, no matter what age you are, if your parents are still with us, you are still their children. And so this teaching is not just for kids. Tell the person next you, say, it's not just for kids. That was so grudgingly, that was awesome. It's not just for kids. (laughs) Well, I'm going to channel my inner children's ministry worker and break this down in an acronym. And there are four things we should be teaching our children, and they form the acronym LOVE. And so the first one is that we need to teach children to listen to their parents. Listen. All right, time out. Because some of you, if you're thinking of someone else's kids, are like, yeah, but you don't know their parents, or uh, maybe you're seeing some challenges in this. I always want to say this. Let's be really careful in this to not uh, interpret God's word based on our circumstances, right? We want to apply God's word to our circumstances. See, God can handle it. God's word is living and active. It, it can handle the things that you're going through, so, so stick with. Uh, it can handle your situation, so stick with me. But we need to teach others to listen to their parents, and that literally means to hear what they are saying. If we could learn to hear our parents, that will translate into other areas of our life and other relationships. Proverbs 18, verse 2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinion. So the foolish person doesn't really want to understand what you're saying, but just wants to tell you what they think. And I think, where was that when I was 13? Because so many times I would give my mom what I call the uh uh-huh treatment, which is just, you know, uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh and be like, right now, $100 if you tell me what she said. Uh I have no idea. Or, as I got older, um, when I had kids, I'm sure this doesn't apply to any of you, but I find that sometimes parents have a lot of opinions on how their kids should raise their kids, right? So my mom had a lot of advice, unsolicited advice, and again, none of you are relating, I get that. But, but so I'd be on the phone, it would have a cord back then, and here's literally what I would do, and my wife's gonna be smirking at this, I would be like, uh-huh, no, that's good, Mom, thanks. Yep, and she just, she, she's. Uh, if you're watching this, Mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just realized that really could happen, actually. <laughs> Oops. But if I was writing a list of how to disrespect someone, at the top of that list, it would be don't listen to them. I mean, how, how do you feel when you're talking with somebody and they're doing this, right, and they're just, no, I'm with you. you know, like, you don't take selfies, I took a selfie with Carl this week. I shouldn't be telling you that. But anyway, that's, um, back to this. Let me find where exactly where I was. But we want to hear people. We want to understand them. And that starts with parents. How often do we hear someone dismiss their parents or ignore them and something just rises up in us? Like, that's, that's not right. Now, this is maybe just the only way that I think. But I think, you want me to hear my parents no matter what they're saying? Like, what if what they're saying is just like, I don't care about it, Right? And it makes me feel like Steve Martin in the classic uh, 80s movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, right? What if I want to respond to them like this little clip here? I shouldn't be showing this. And by the way, you know, when you're you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. I swear, if any of you say that to your parents today, we're going to have a real problem. But what if, but it's a real thing. I think of that sometimes. Sometimes, again, mom, I'm sorry, but sometimes my mom will tell me stuff, and this has been, and I'm just like, this isn't interesting. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Is it really, here's the thing, in all seriousness now, it doesn't matter what they're saying, because it's not about me. It's about honoring them. It's about respecting them. It's about recognizing that they're sharing something that's important and, and maybe your parents never lectured you, or, or maybe you'll never lecture your kids, but we want to teach them that, hey, you should hear people out, because throughout your life, you are constantly going to have people saying things to you to challenge you, and things that you don't want to listen to. And we want to be people who hear, and that starts with our kids. Second thing, we need to teach children to obey their parents. Obey. Look again at verse 1, the one some of you hurt your elbows on. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. You see, it shows honor when we obey, even when it's hard. And I recognize as we grow that there's some uh, autonomy, independence that occurs. And I recognize for some that that you fight issues of controlling parents. But the principle here is that we should be teaching children from the time that they are young that obeying their parents is right, that it honors them. And in most situations, and look, I recognize it's not in all situations, but in most situations the parents love their kids and they want what's best for them. But, But what if they don't? Well, I've definitely encountered that. I've had parents who are telling me things that their kids have said to them, and in my mind, I'm thinking, that's ridiculous. Like, what what do you do? I I give them Colossians chapter three, verse 23, which says, whatever you do, you work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And then verse 24 says, knowing that the Lord, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive an inheritance as a reward as the Lord Christ you serve. And so sometimes, we want to teach him this in all situations that hey, it might be hard to to really um, obey the person that's right there, but you obey them to the Lord. You get your focus off of them and you put your focus on God because when you obey that person, that human person, you are obeying the Lord. And, and in the rare situation, this course there's exceptions. If they're telling you to do something that's of course illegal or, or violating uh, scripture, if they're, they're telling you to you know do something that would be against your faith, like that's a whole different. That's so rare the idea here is that you honor them and when you do that you honor god we need to be teaching children that their parents want what's best for them their parents love them that their commandments are good and third we need to teach children to value their parents value Boy, the idea here is to see parents worth see believe it or not but kids can get to an age where they think they don't need their parents until you change the Netflix password, then they need you a lot. I'm serious, by the way, if your kids, try that. If you try it and don't say a word, I guarantee they will be coming to you in no time at all. Right? But we need to teach kids to have the perspective that God's given us, to, that God's given us parents for a reason. Our kids should understand that God gives us parents to love us, to support us, to provide for us. To help us to become the people that God created us to be. Help them to see you as more than the people who just pay for their stuff. Of course we want them to value that. That's important. But do they see you as somebody that God has put in their life to help shape them, to help them become the people that he has created them to be? But there's more to value than just that. We need to teach kids to see see their parents' worth and value as those created in the image of God. Do your kids see you as an image bearer of God? Because it is common for me to hear of or participate in conversations where that's not the perspective they have. They're not like the idea to, to teenagers and to sometimes to kids that you are somebody that God is changing. That you are somebody who is, who is struggling in their faith at times and thriving. That, that's like, what? Like they have their own thing with God? And you're like, well, of course they know that. It hasn't quite registered to a lot of kids and to a lot of teenagers and so that's why we need to be vulnerable with our faults, right? Uh, to, to a point, obviously. We need to be real with our struggles. And the, the words I would use is expose them to your relationship with God. From the time they are young, let them see that you have a thing with God and what that looks like. Let them see the ups and the downs, right? Let, let's. I mean, again, I, you guys know I've done student ministry for a long time. And often it's like, well, tell me about you know, your, your spiritual interaction with your parents. And this is the look I get. What? Well, well do, they, do, they, do they pray with you? Do they talk about the things that they're learning? Do they, no, 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 no. You ever see them reading the Bible? No, no, no. And the thing is, I'm like, I know your parents. I know they walk with Jesus, but it's private. It's not private. This is something you need to share with your kids so they can value and they can see you. And you say, hey, look, I'm in this and it's hard, but I love him and I'm gonna pursue him in all things. And when I mess up, I'm gonna let you know, expose them to a real authentic relationship with God. That's how they're going to learn what it looks like. Help them to see we have worth, not because, just because of what we bring to them, but because of what God is doing in us. Fourth, we need to teach children to enjoy their parents. Jonathan McKee was up here a few weeks ago. He talked about bonding versus boundaries, right? And this isn't about not having boundaries, all right? We need boundaries with our kids. Tell the person next to you we need boundaries. Okay, that was a little more enthusiastic. But we need to teach kids to listen, obey, and value their parents. But we got to teach them to enjoy our parents. And some of us swing. So we all know that there's like this pendulum, and, and one side of it is kind of the parent that uh, you don't enjoy them at all. Like you don't care because it's like it's my way or the highway. This is the way. So what our society now has done is we've gone this way, which it's like my kid and I. No, we're we're just like this. Like we're just we're like buddies, and we're and and, and the boundaries. It's like nah, they're kind of gray. It's not. Yeah, don't do that, okay? I, I've seen the way that ends. It's not pretty. All right. You, you, you want to get kind of in the middle there. You want to have boundaries, but, but you want them to enjoy being around you. Create memories with them. Uh, find the things they love and do them. If you, you want to make me crazy, tell me that you and your kid don't have similar interests because who cares, okay? Because it's not about you, all right? You know what your interests are? Your interests are whatever interests them, right? You learn to because when they are enjoying being around you, you will enjoy whatever they are doing. And I tell you guys all the time of the things that I do wrong, And this is an area where I really think God's given me a lot of grace, and and just, just I think it was last Saturday, um, I drove around all the six uh, comic book stores in Indianapolis for Free Comic Book Day. Apparently, that's a thing, and uh, I have a daughter who loves comic books. Hey, I don't love comic books, right? That's not something I would be like. Hey, I think I want to drive for multiple hours around Indianapolis. So my wife and I divided and conquered, and we made sure that she could go to all six stores. And you know what? When we were done, we both were like, "That was great." Like, we loved it, and it wasn't great because of the special edition comic we got or whatever. It was great because she loved it, right? So we find the things that they enjoy, and we enjoy it with them. We let them share that. We share that with them. And we do all of this for a reason. We do all of this because of Proverbs 22.6, because we believe that if you train up a child in the way he should go, that when he's old, he will not depart from it. That if we teach our children to listen, if we teach them to obey, to value, to enjoy, that when they're old, that will continue. And if they're not your kids, affirm these things any way you can. And God forgive me for the times of the 20-something and even early 30s youth pastor that I love the fact that, and it wasn't you guys, but I love the fact that your kids liked me so much, all that matters is they enjoyed me and, and I was cooler than their parents. Boy, I really passed that. I, it's it's true. But here's the thing, now I'm in a place where I want to help kids enjoy their parents. Why? Because you're always there. Because I will come and go out of people's lives for the rest of my life, but you will always be there. We need to be affirming those things. And maybe at this point you're like, well, I don't have kids and I don't influence kids, so you got anything for me this morning? Good question. Second thing about honor, never stop honoring your parents. Never stop honoring your parents. God forgive us for thinking this commandment was just for kids. Because it never stops as long as our parents are with us on this earth. And I recognize for some of you that your parents are no longer here. And I recognize for some of you that Mother's Day is hard. I just trust that God will bring healing and that God will bring grace to you today. But know that my desire here is just to speak God's word and let it fall where it may. So the question I want to ask you is when all is said and done, what do you want your children to say about you? How do you want them to honor you? How do you want them to respect you? How do you want them to value you? And now take that, are you doing that same thing with your parents right now, no matter what season of life you're in? Because this gets more difficult as we get older. Parents never stop having a lot of opinions. They create conflict, drama, can stir things up, say or do the wrong thing or worse. And so I just have two ways that you can honor your parents no matter your circumstance. And the first one is to love them actively. Love them actively. One author writes this, we seem increasingly to live in a society where honoring parents is not important and honoring self is the supreme thing. We've defined love before as you before me. And there's going to there's gonna be times where to honor them, we need to put them before us. What do they need? What do they enjoy? Moms, imagine if this happened more than the second Sunday in May, right? Imagine if, we just, if, if our kids, we could teach them to, to love us and, and, and put our needs. And they learn that because they see us doing that with our parents, well, how do you do that? Well, maybe you know the five love languages. It'll come up on the screen, and there are five ways that people express and receive love. If you don't know these, you want to get this book, Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. It's pretty life-altering. Five ways everybody receives uh, or gives love. Uh, it could be words of affirmation, right? You speak words to somebody affirming them, uh, they feel, they feel love. Uh, it could be acts of service. You do something for them, they feel love. Maybe it's gifts. Uh, and, and through gifts, they feel love. Uh, it could be quality time, spend time with them, they feel love, or a physical touch. You know, it could be you know, a hug or whatever, however that works. Uh, but the idea here is this. Not everybody has all five love languages. Not everybody receives love in the same way. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm not a huge words of affirmation guy. It's not like it's meaningless. It's not like if someone says something nice, I'm like, yeah, thanks. You know? but, but, it's, but it's not the most meaningful thing. You know, you guys, I'm going to let you in, and, uh, and my mom already knows this one, but uh, um, you know what I got my mom for Mother's Day? Nothing. You know why? Because she doesn't want anything, because she's not a gift person. You know what I did? I called her yesterday and talked to her on the phone for an hour and a half. You know what she did last night? She texted me and told me how meaningful it was, and it was the best Mother's Day present she could have ever had, because that's my mom, because I know her. If I spend time with her and I give her a hug, which I can't because she lives a little further away, she feels far more love than if I sent her flowers, or if I bought her something. We need to know our parents' love languages. Do you know them? Make that your goal today. Ask them, how do you feel most loved? And love them actively, but love them in the way, by the way, that was funny. When I said I got her nothing, someone over there goes, whoa, (laughs) like you're in trouble. And if my mom was mad, well, I would know it. I promise you that. I'm gonna be okay, I promise. But second, to honor our parents, no matter the circumstance. You know, not only do we honor them by loving them in the way they will receive it, but we have to recognize the things they've done right. It is so easy to recognize the things our parents have done wrong. But what did they do right? I mean, we can't change the things they've done wrong. They're done. And maybe right now, some of you are saying, my parents did nothing right. Literally nothing. And to that, and, and, and hear this as sincere as possible, take that to the Lord and say, God, would you show me something they did right? Maybe there's just so much hurt and we'll get to that in a few minutes, but, but your parents did something Right? You know, I have a complex relationship with my dad who won't watch this, uh, so I can pretty much say whatever I need to right now, but uh, this is going to be a good thing. And um, I played hockey in high school, and before I could drive, my dad drove me to every single practice. And often he was the only dad in the stands. He would stay there, and my dad's a smoker, and he'd stand up there, and he'd just just be watching. I'd look up in practice, and there he is. He He wasn't looking at something else. He wasn't doing something else. He was watching me. I'd get in the car afterwards, and everything he would say would be positive. He'd be like, man, I saw you hit that guy. That was great. Hey, that was a great shot. And then he'd be at every game. And then when I got my license and I drove, he would still, every single game, first time I scored a goal ever, uh, I remember scoring it, I knew exactly where he'd be. As soon as it went in, instead of looking at my teammates, I looked up at my dad and you know, he gave me the fist pump. You know? So a few years ago, I told my dad, I said, do you know how meaningful that was to me? Like, that was so great. Like, you prioritized that. You went, and I'm sure there were times, my dad was getting up at four in the morning to go to work, and sometimes he'd be out at games till midnight, I can tell you he felt honored in that, right? I could talk about the things my dad has done wrong for a long time, and I'm sure some of us feel that way. Who cares? What what did did they do right? We honor them, because as parents, we're gonna make mistakes, and what do we want our kids to say about us when all is said and done? Because I want mine to see the things that I did right, and it's time to realize that starts with how we recognize our own parents. And maybe today, or this week, a challenge for you would be to tell your parents some things they did right. Consider even, I, I heard somebody say this, I thought this was good, even just writing them a little tribute. Just writing a one page and just like, here's some things that I think you were just great at. I'm telling you, no parents gonna, very few parents, I should say no, are gonna look at it and go, garbage. Like they're not, right? <laughs> they're, they're gonna treasure that and they're gonna feel honored. And so honoring our parents, it means we actively love them, we recognize the things they did right. A lot of this uh, teaching actually uh, came from a book that I read years ago uh, by James McDonald. It's called uh, Seven Words to Change Your Family. It's a great book. And in there, one of the words is honor. And so uh, Pastor James actually lists some things that it means to honor your parents. And here's a couple that I didn't cover. Honoring your parents means choosing to place great value on your relationship with them. So you value your relationship with them. And as he says, and knocking off the attitude that it doesn't matter. Because it does matter, it matters to God. So, so often, especially as we get older, we're like, it doesn't matter anymore. It still matters to God. It never stops. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and you may live a long life. There's no age restriction on that. So do you put value on that relationship? Second thing is honoring them means taking the initiative to try to improve the relationship in whatever increments you can. Because some of you are thinking about some of the things I've said, and you're like, I could not do that. That's just not where we are. But what can you do? What increments? Maybe you could take one step. Honoring them means seeing your parents as Christ does with compassion and mercy. God help us. God help us to see our parents through his eyes. And lastly, honoring your parents means forgiving them as Christ in God has forgiven you. And, and maybe if you weren't here on April 30th, go on eaglechurch.com or on our app and listen to that message. It was all on forgiveness. And maybe that's something you need to work through, but... But understanding there are surely some issues between us and our parents, Pastor James also talks about what honoring your parents doesn't mean. Three things it doesn't mean, and these are very important. Honoring your parents does not mean groveling back to them and seeking their approval. It's choosing to give, that's what honor is, not trying to get. And maybe there's something with your parents, I am not saying go back to them and try to get that approval, maybe that they never gave you. You are honoring them to give. You are honoring them to obey God. You are not trying to get that approval. As a matter of fact, you are free from that. Jesus does not want you to be in bondage to anyone but him. In Galatians 1.10, Paul says, Am I trying to please man? If I'm trying to please man, I'm not a servant of Christ. Jesus said, If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. You are free because God has accepted you if you are in Christ. And so you can honor them without needing anything back. Don't go back and grovel back and seek their approval. Second thing is honoring your parents does not mean, does not, I mean, making yourself vulnerable to hurtful behavior. And if your parents have been very hurtful to you, no one's saying you've got to go back into that. There should be appropriate boundaries in relationships. But again, incremental, what can you do? Is there a way that you can honor them without exposing yourself to that hurt again? And finally, honoring your parents does not mean ignoring or denying the past. Yes, we wanna forgive, we wanna let it go, but you don't have to pretend if there's some horrible thing that's happened, you don't have to pretend it didn't happen. I hope that God can bring you through healing in that, but again, what can you do? And so today is Mother's Day, but, but we are called to honor our parents all the days of our life. And our main text, Ephesians 6, says in verse three that we honor our parents so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth so that what may go well with me? I don't know. How about everything? Like consider the fact that God has blessing in your life, that he wants to bless you, that he's holding back because this thing isn't happening because you're not honoring your parents. And he says that your your life, you may have a long life on this earth. How long? Honor them and find out, right? I don't know much to tell you other than more to tell you than this is what it says and this tells me this matters to God. God's like, you do this, it's gonna go well with you and you're gonna live long in the land. That's what... God's like, I, I care about this. I'm gonna pour out blessing on you. Let me tell you, when God says stuff like this, put Him to the test. Be like, all right, God, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna honor them, and I'm gonna see what you might do because it matters to God. Well, I read this. I thought this would be a good way to close. It says this. There's just something about people who choose to honor their parents. Parents who honor parents are likely to find themselves honored. If you didn't have that example, decide, as for my family in the future, things are going to be different. You can make that decision. If you honor your parents, your kids are going to see that and things will be different in your life. If your family hasn't traditionally honored parents, you will be the first of many generations. You can alter the destiny of many your children and their children and how they respond to their parents because all children are commanded to honor their parents and when we honor our parents, our family is blessed. So full transparency, I'm not good at this. I've allowed the differences of faith between my parents and I to cause a divide. And, and I struggle with honoring them. For me, it's out of sight, out of mind. And that's one of the reasons I actually talked to both of my parents yesterday and just trying to do this better. My kids hear about my parents and it's almost always the things that they've done that have frustrated me. They don't hear the things that my parent has done. Right? God forgive me and pray for me as I try to grow in that. But we need to teach children to honor their parents and we teach them to listen, to obey, to value and to enjoy And then we never stop honoring our parents. We love them actively and we recognize the things they have done right. And may God pour out blessing as we do. And so Father, I'm so grateful for the truth of your word. I'm so grateful for the uh, way Jesus has reached into our life and given us opportunities like this, maybe to, to change course, maybe to fix some things, to do some things differently. And some of us desperately need that in this place. And so first of all, if we've not been teaching our kids to honor, would you show us how we can do this differently? Would you show us how we can teach them to listen, to obey, to value, to enjoy? Help us even today to create some great memories. But God, as it pertains to our parents, if our parents are still with us, Lord, would you help us to love them actively, intentionally, the way that they will receive it? And Lord, would you help us to recognize the things they have done right and to be intentional about that? And for those here who maybe lost a mother or are just dealing with some some struggles, maybe lost a child, God, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that's like, but you do. I pray that you would draw near in such a real way. God, change us. Make us more like your son, Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen, amen.